bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. Listen up, casuals. We are back with our season finale. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And tonight we'll be talking all about Dr. Stephen Strange, my friend. Yes, yes. Uh, For those of you, well, if you're listening to this, you should know, at least have some basis of Dr. Strange. But tonight, as per usual, we're talking about all the comics and all the media surrounding Dr. Strange, including the two MCU films. And well, I mean, let's be honest, all of his MCU appearances, that and more. Um, exactly exactly but if I, you oh yes. go ahead no no yeah. please please i was just gonna say um i just think what you just said there how he kind of just weaves his way through all the different films i think that's exactly where the interesting thing about where we're at in the mcu and that we're at the point where it's like yeah this is a person's movie but somebody else is going to show up in it or we have these ensemble movies like avengers where everybody's there so what a what a treat when it comes to what marvel's putting on the big screen Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And before we get into this, remember, we do have a Facebook page. It's Listen Up Casuals. You can find us on Facebook. Um, We post all kinds of comic book stuff. Actually, today I didn't post my comic book take for the day, but I'll get on that at some point. Um, Chris and I post our takes from our comics because we pick up comics every week. Um, We want we encourage you to ask questions, contact us, Um, even if you want to know a place to go to to get comics or what we're currently reading or what's on our lists. um, Please, please ask. We also would love if you have suggestions, I'd love to pick up new comics and I love to learn about new characters. So please follow us on Facebook, like and share what you see, and we will continue to get you the best content comic book related as we possibly can. That is right. And we love comics. And so let's talk about what we are reading right now. Yes, yes. What are we reading? Um, well, you know, if I think about today, you know, I got Moon Knight. Um, I know that's we're... the Black, White, and Blood. Is that so, what it is? That so anthology. There's, there's two Black, okay. White, Black, White, and Blood. Um, was I believe last week or two weeks ago? Tonight, okay. w- tonight or today was just Moon Knight proper. Gotcha. Um, I got this beautiful um Hellfire Gala event uh, cover, which is Wanda. And uh, even though she's not in the comics or in, in Moon Knight, they're just doing this like Hellfire Gala event for X-Men. And it, the, the cover was just too beautiful for me not to pick it up. So I did actually I have it right here. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that. Um, bam. Oh, cool. And they're like their get up for the for the gala for the gala. Exactly. Nice. On, on, was it Krakoa? Um but anyway, there's that. And then um, Crimson Rain um, completed today with its last yes. issue. And then uh, what else am I reading? I'm reading, as usual, everything Batman Under the Sun, pretty much. <laughs> um, and Bat Family. And uh, I just read the newest Nightwing last night, and it was awesome. Um, just really, I'm really, really digging uh, his relationship uh, with Batgirl, Babs and, and Dick, making it official. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's about it. Uh, Hellboy here and there, you know, as usual. What about you, Chris? What are you reading? Well, I know this this episode's going to come out in July, but um, we both picked up 
uh, Ruben Romero's The Illusion Witch today. Uh, it finally hit stands. Uh, we did an episode with Ruben uh, between seasons, and that was a lot of fun. So check out his comic. Uh, you probably still order it at your local comic shop, hopefully. So uh, as far as comics, let's see. I'm reading. I just picked up Black Adam number one. Uh, I'll be reading that tonight. I've been looking forward to you know Christopher Priest's uh, take on the character. What he did with Deathstroke was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, retconned some things and and just kind of gave the gave the character some new uh, some new momentum, I should say. Nice. Um, I also decided to pick up Young Justice number one from the Dark Crisis. Uh, I just I I love Young Justice, and I want to. I haven't really read too much of the comics. I wanted to go back and and read what they were what they had released. I think under the under when bendis was doing all the wonder comics or whatever oh, bendis, um, okay. yeah I, he i don't think maybe he did read right young justice i'll i'll let you know after the show yeah um of course nightwing 80 uh, 93 as you said um but P- punch war journal blitz came out today i picked a cup of copy and i really i'm really excited because it's they're putting it in as a either a standalone issue or it's going to have more um it's it runs alongside what they're doing in the in the the main Punisher book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this whole thing with the hand and whatnot. And I'm looking forward to reading this because this seems to be maybe a little more of an anthology story or uh, it's, stories. It's gonna get big because um, Daredevil number one, which is dropping um, this summer, is actually going to coincide completely with the Punisher. Um, yes. And what Punisher is doing. So that's, I don't normally read Punisher, but because I knew that I am reading Punisher. And I may have like told you to read it a hundred times. You did. You did. It is Pick your this fault. book up. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to read a good book by Jason Aaron. It's okay. I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> yes. Uh, and then also Crimson Rain. Uh, so that's the last of um, the comics I picked up this week and really just, as far as what I'm reading, reading, I'm, I'm in the middle of the war world, war world saga mm-hmm. uh, in action comics, uh, which I'm really enjoying. And also I'm, I'm looking to finish up um, Shadow War since that wrapped recently. Yes, that did wrap recently. I just read the Omega. It was a good ending. Um, and I'm looking forward to Batman moving forward. What I'm really looking forward to is the same uh, I and his uh, man, Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky, that's right. Zdarsky will be re- will be writing Batman and Daredevil at the same time. These are that's literally my two favorite superheroes being written by an awesome, awesome author, and they're running alongside each other. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I can't wait for both those books because it's a good time for me to jump back on Daredevil after so long off the title absolutely you should i can't wait for you to do it now that there's two daredevils exactly exactly so i gotta do a little back reading i guess yeah i mean i mean you know who lady daredevil is it's no secret i do i do it's only a three issue series two two or three issues it's really short three so. issues with craven the hunter which i all right threw me off guard hey it's it's probably better than um the movie's gonna be anyway so Ugh, let's not even <laughs> let's not even go there right now you see, they've already set us up where they're like, it strays from the source material, just to be warned. Okay, thanks for warning us. Like, like so- Sony now is just flat out saying, you know what? It is going to suck. It's going to suck. And we're going to tell you that now. So let's uh, let's get into Dr. Stephen Strange. Um, yes. We're going to both kind of go over how we first met the character mm-hmm. uh, and 
how was that for you, Rocco? Where did you first cross paths with the Sorcerer Supreme? This extremely colorful character on the 90s Spider-Man show. That's I exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say that. It's me too. So go, yeah. please continue. No, I just remember him being, I was intrigued, but I guess I wasn't intrigued enough because those are my daredevil years. So I, I dare that show got me into daredevil. And so I wanted all the daredevil comic books and, yes. and, and there was no room for anything else at that point, but Dr. Strange intrigued me. I just never pursued him past that. Yeah. And it's funny because when you're watching that as a kid and now you go back and watch it, I, is it on Disney plus right now? Yes. Spider, I know Spider-Man is kind of a weird thing where they can, or it's just the Sony Spider-Man stuff. But yeah, if you can watch that Spider-Man animated series again and just kind of look at it and see how many characters came in and out of that show. Um, you know, it's, I, I like it as much as I like the X-Men series. I mean, I love X-Men, the animated series, but Spider-Man was over. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly like what we loved about it as kids. And now look at what we're doing in the MCU. And we just kind of mentioned how, you know, Dr. Strange has made it his way through different films mm-hmm. and then his own two titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly true. I mean, I would say, I would even dare to say his latest movie isn't really even that much about him, but we'll get there. That's, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, so let's, let's dive into it. Let's get into the comics. Yes. And let's talk about the first appearance, 1963, uh, Strange Tales, number 110, created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. See, I saw that date and I genuinely didn't think that he was that old of a character. But I mean, wow, he's uh, he's been around a while. Yeah, I I would say that 60 stamp is pretty um, for most of the characters that we we know and love uh from marvel it definitely was like the 60s mm-hmm. and then through you know it's it's funny to it, think about that when you have like dc or charlton going back to the 40s and the 30s you know, like 20 years and the 30s even exactly and just to have that many more years of publication and and, and superheroes running around it was like you had a golden age and then you had the silver age and a lot of these characters came in the silver age and yes, yes. it was bright and colorful and kirby-esque but it was also starting to get towards the modern day, um, which has really evolved into a, like a, a really good medium. If you're into uh, adult stories uh, that involve your favorite superhero. Yeah. And I, I think that that is lost on a lot of people that would otherwise judge. And, you know, I have, you know, I do have a group of friends where the meathead jocks that are like, you read comic books blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, dude, it's adult reading. Like you're not really understanding. Like yeah. I'm not reading, um, you know, some sunshine, happy time stuff. Like I'm, I'm reading adult drama. <laughs> like That's what I'm reading. And they just so happen to have my favorite superheroes in them, which, you know, I mean, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, it's, it's no different than watching TV. Um, I guess, depending on what you watch, but who knows, whatever yeah. they, whatever they want to do, they can enjoy their lives. We enjoy comedy. So, exactly exactly so wow 1963 also the first appearance of the ancient one uh who is the source of supreme at the time mm-hmm. and the first appearance of wong who's become very popular in this current phase of the mcu gotta love wong yeah He's what a lovely. great idea to like share him amongst the movies i i like that i like that common thread yes i think my favorite line too comes from infinity war wong you're invited to my wedding <laughs> I, just, I love 
I love that. Like that was just great. Their banter. I love the banter. You know, I think it's like um, that's what those movies do best, and they get some good actors to play the parts. Mm-hmm. And so, what I liked about what they did with Wong, instead of him being more of a manservant uh, that he that he was in the comics, um, he definitely evolved through the years, and now even more so, I would say, in the movies uh, to be an equal, um, and then now to be sort of supreme. So. Uh, it's a great, a great, uh, a great job on Marvel's part to make that character so prominent. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, so let's get to some key issues, key runs. Uh, the next character I want to share the first appearance is Baron Mordo. Mm. Uh, so we meet him, of course, in Doctor Strange one, and I should have my actors now, shouldn't I? That's a uh, cheat, cheat. I never know how to say his name. Okafor. Don't ask me. I'm known as the name butcher. Um, I feel bad that I can't say his name properly. And if I ever was to meet him, I would ask him for the the pronunciation and then I would forever say it correctly. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now and I can't even. I'm going to try Chubeto Jofer. That's yeah, that's the best I'm going to say. So he plays Mordo in the film. His first appearance is Strange Tales number 111. Yes. And that actor, he is he is good in anything he's ever been in period. And I loved him as Baron Mordo. I did. I just loved him as Mordo. Yeah. I liked what they did with him in the second film. Yes. Yes. Agreed. We'll talk about that shortly. We will. Um, Strange Tales number 115. Another villain, the main villain, I would say from the first movie um, is Dormammu. And so mm-hmm. this is the first mention of Dormammu. Not an appearance, but a mention of. Um, and they go into the origin of Doctor Strange. That's awesome. That's one fifth Strange Tales 115. So it it's pretty it's funny that he comes from Strange Tales being Doctor Strange. Obviously, you know, we've got our play on words here. I have a it'll blow your mind in a few minutes then. I can't um, wait. <laughs> the the Vishanti uh were also introduced uh, and they're a trio of supernatural godlike entities um known and one of them most people will know because it's um agamotto all right so that's that's something that everybody should know uh from the eye of agamotto which ends up being the time stone in the mcu exactly um and then the other two are hoggif and oshter so those though that name comes from something um much more you know delved into in the comics and so if you want to really get a hold of an issue that has a lot of first appearances that's strange tales number 115 uh in number 118 we see the orb of agamotto so we're we're working towards that um the eye of because that because that actually will show up in 127 um along with the cloak of levitation yeah, so it's the called the Eye of Agamotto and the cloak, um, his two main things. You are one loyal piece of outerwear. <laughs> I love what they did with that thing in the movie. It was to make it you its know, own character. You know? Dude, dude, are you ready? I'm going to blow everyone's mind. If you're listening to the show, listen up casuals, okay? The cloak of levitation is carpet from Aladdin. Is, Bam. Yeah. Bam, same actor. Disney. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's so good. He's so talented. Real such method good, acting. Yeah, such a great carpet. Perfect. Now <laughs> he's a cape. Now he's a cloak. 
incredible. You never know what's next. Um, I need to back up an issue to 126 yes. of Strange Tales because we have the first appearance of Dormammu and then also the first appearance of Clea. Mm. And Clea will become important down the road here um, when we get to the modern books. But she's also known as the, the wife of Doctor Strange. Yes, and her her appearance, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, in the MCU slapped me right in the mouth. Yeah, me too. And it I wasn't even see it coming. It, it was, and honestly, I had no clue. I'm I'm not familiar that that much with Doctor Strange. I didn't know who she was. I had to Google it after, right? But the actress slapped me right in the mouth. Yeah, that was a great. It was such an such a great mid credit scene. A great way to set up what's next, especially to take a character like her because 1964. Yeah, like. I mean, these. When was Doctor Strange? Nineteen sixty-three. So within a year, they've put together like this this mythos of the character in yep. a great way through Strange Tales. Yep. Um, and then I also want to mention Strange Tales, one thirty, because it's the first appearance of. Uh, oh. How do you say it? Casilius. Casilius. Thank you, Mads Mikkelsen character from the first movie. Uh, oh, I love the actor. Another, another amazing actor. Period. Yes. Yes. I mean, what what does he do that's bad? Nothing. That's what. Not not act enough. Yeah, exactly. He's not in enough movies. <laughs> I, I'm uh, him in Star Wars. Him in in Marvel. I mean, was he in DC yet? No, but he should be soon. He should be in DC soon. Probably just save the whole universe if he was. Absolutely. He probably like I don't even want to touch that with a five. But stick. He'll be, like, right? be in the Batman world. That's where he'll show up. Ooh, mad. Ooh, because I could see him because he was he was in James Bond. Mm-hmm. I could totally see him as one of Batman's rogues. The question is who? Hmm. Let's casuals. Let's let's let that let's let that bake a little bit. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Mad Hatter. Really? I see Hatter is more pathetic. I can't see him playing a pathetic character. No. Okay. Be man. Hey, we're gonna take this conversation offline because we I are. Want, we are. This is not want, fair to Doctor Strange fans because I want to have it. Because I want to have right. it. Okay, it's gonna happen. It's gonna All happen. Right. It's gonna be like a fifteen-minute episode <laughs> special edition. Listen up, casual. I'm not against it. <laughs> um, so this this is what you just mentioned earlier about Strange Tales and Doctor Strange. They they changed the title at issue one sixty nine. Finally. And it was oh. called Doctor Strange. So Doctor oh. Strange didn't get a number one until a little bit later, even. So wow. Um, a true number one, right? So the 169 issues, the strange tales, Doctor Strange is here. Finally gets the respect. I love it. <laughs> 1968. Uh 1969, Avengers number 60, first crossover with that team. Not becoming an Avenger, because that won't happen for another 30 some years wow isn't that crazy i and we'll talk about that shortly okay um dr strange 183 ends that series all right so that that caps it there it features the first appearance of the undying ones Mm. uh who are an important part of you know the mythos Mm -hmm. um and then interestingly enough in submariner 22 we get a first meeting between these two characters and a, fear, a first appearance by the nameless one who is a le- leader of the undying ones. That's um, Submariner. That's um, 
man, his name Namor. is Namor. The uh, yep. yes, I just read a little bit of that in um I'm I'm currently reading Iron Man Demon in a Bottle. Nice. And the first two issues um strongly feature the Submariner. So I am looking forward to his MC debut, which is being rumored across you know all the different movies and, and whatnot. So it'll be interesting when Marvel's oldest mutant shows up and perhaps ushers in, you know, hopefully ushers in some mutants. Cause I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And listen up, casuals. Uh, the Submariner is Marvel's version of Aquaman. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's so tough because it's like, I love both characters, but Namor, like when they went back, we're like, he's the first mutant. That was yep. such a cool thing to do. Um, I agree. And even his interactions more recently when, when X-Men did this whole thing with Krakoa and, or whatever um, mm-hmm. and their own island and their nation stuff when he was there. It was really good stuff. And I think that I can't wait to see that character in live action. So I, I agree. I can't wait. And there was also, by the way, just again, for the casuals, there was a reference to him in Avengers. Um, was it? It was Endgame when there was an earthquake under the Atlantic and uh, that whole thing with Okoye where she said, we're dealing with it by not dealing with it mm-hmm. because it was an earthquake under the ocean. Yep. Um, and everyone's like, well, why would you purposely talk about an earthquake under the ocean? It just seems a little out of place. But then you think about Namor and chances are it, people are saying that that is the first Namor, um, like name drop, not name drop, but like illusion. Reference. Yeah, reference in the films. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, especially since the the first appearance is rumored to be in Black Panther two. Yes, and they might rewrite the origin to be more Mayan or or something along the lines of um a different a different take on the character, but preserving his history in a way. I like that. Uh, so we we shall see. You know, uh, me too. Me too. More um equality for heroes let me, i agree let me put it that way all right so this this issue of submariner 22 starts a crossover event um it goes into dr strange 183 um and then it concludes in the incredible hulk number 126 and this leads to the formation of the defenders uh well-known superhero team by marvel yep uh not the defenders that you may know from the netflix shows nope and I always was like, when they decided to call them the Defenders and something, and not something else, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But I want to see the real Defenders come together on, you know, on screen. I think I always thought that team was crazy, like stacked. Like, oh yeah, crazy, Com- completely, <laughs> completely. Um, and and the Defenders, uh, the Defenders, Strange does appear in the new film. Yes. So it's at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. costume scheme. Uh, so that's that's the reference to the Defenders look on. In Marvel feature number one, we get a first appearance of the Defenders as a team. That's in 1971. In 1972, we get Defenders number one. So they get their own solo title. Uh, so this formation of Earth's true mightiest heroes mm-hmm. um, yeah. garnered enough uh, you know, need for a book, which I think is amazing. Yeah. You were you ready for this weird thing? 
it hit me. All right. So Doctor Strange number two mm-hmm. is an unofficial crossover appearance of the Green Lantern in Marvel Comics. Yeah. The character passed out under the table after drinking yellow chamomile tea, yellow being weakness to the Green Lanterns. And this is how they kind of had this unofficial crossover. So I'm going to go back and look at this because since I have the abilities to look into the archives, um, I need to see this. Uh, yeah. Really my interpretation and of it. Green Lantern? <laughs> like... Maybe it's Hal Jordan and street clothes or something. But I mean, like I could see a Doctor Strange Constantine crossover, right? Uh, it's all, you know, I don't know. I, I get you with the magic side of things, but he also works on the cosmic side of things, too. That's true. So That's I true. don't I don't know. Um, yeah, that would be freaking sweet if you want to start writing that um, any day. I would read that in a freaking heartbeat. <laughs> That's that's what Guillermo del Toro needs to be doing right now. There you go. Um, Ghostwriter number 29 in 1978. The first meeting of Doctor Strange and the Ghostwriter. This wow. is important. This is extremely important because we'll talk about that in a second. When I say stacked teams, I really meant this next team. So um, this is a cute little... Uh, I'm sorry, not a cute. That was the wrong adjective completely. <laughs> this this is a great little Easter egg for X-Men fans, but okay. um, the Dr. Strange Sorcerer's, I'm sorry, Dr. Strange's Sorcerer Supreme number 44 is a first full appearance of Satorak, right? Yes. And Satorak is the entity who gave the Crimson Gem to Juggernaut, and that's what grants okay. his powers. What? So Xavier's half-brother, right? Yeah, I knew that part. Not a mutant. He's not Juggernaut's not a mutant. No, he gets the powers from the gem. That is mind blowing. So, when I said stack team, I meant really the next thing here in the Source of Supreme number 50. We get a first appearance of the secret defenders with Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, and Hulk 1993. I, uh, you know, I want to I want to explore more on Ghost Rider. I'm reading Ghost Rider, the current run right now, and I just I want to know more. And I'd love to see Nicolas Cage reprise it. I love Nicolas Cage. I don't like those movies a whole lot. Um, they're not great movies. They're like good 2000 comic book movies. But an MCU Ghost Rider, I'm really excited to see. They did Robbie Ray's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. which was which was good. Um for what it was but now that's not even canon for whatever reason but let's see ghost rider why have we not you know i'm sure it's on the way with like midnight suns and 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 going into this darker side of the mcu in a way and i hope i hope that we do see ghost rider soon because i i really feel like you should check it out it's some of the best 90s comics marvel like it's it's he's extremely powerful yeah, he's, Spirit of Vengeance. He's like one of the most powerful characters in Marvel to begin with. And he's like the Punisher, but he's, you know, he's not Cosmic. shooting people. Yeah. Well, like, he beca- well, yeah, the Punisher ends up being Ghost Rider at one point, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Cosmic Ghost Rider. So awesome. Yeah, it makes sense. No, I, I think I, I think through no fault of Nicolas Cage were those no. movies bad. But I would love to see Nicolas Cage recast as Ghost Rider in a in a good Ghost Rider movie because he could totally pull it off. So they could do like 
he could be like the Sam Elliott character. Yeah, he could be he could be Johnny Blaze, and he could hand over the mantle like Danny Ketch or something. You know, another the sure. next one down. You know, do something cool like that, like pay homage to what you did. Yes. Yes, I love the old stories of, you know, like, oh, I was the ghost. Right? I held this mantle at one point. Like, I love the Sam Elliott portion of it with the horse and everything. That was badass. Yes. That was badass, dude. And I'm down to see it again. And give me some Nick Cage. I don't care. And do some reading so we can do it. Ghostwriter. Listen up, Cash. Well, I'm do. I'm reading the current run. I just yes. got to, like, old, read old stuff, I guess. Yeah. I'll send you some trades that you should read, maybe. All right. Do it up. Um. So we're we're kind of in the modern age, and so we're going to jump from the 90s to the 2000s. This is a book that has went up in value a lot uh, okay. as of late because of Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. So this is the first appearance of the Illuminati oh. in comics. Illuminati are, you know, appeared in New Avengers number seven, mm-hmm. relatively new idea. I think, I think Bendis was writing this title at this time. Um, he was just dominating Marvel at that at the whole decade. I loved it. Um, and so in this issue, we get the first time that he actually joins the Avengers. I said 30 wow. some years later, after he actually first crossed over with the team, n- never became part of the team. The wow. team. He was the defenders before he was even an Avenger. Yeah. So about that. Um, I mentioned the Illuminati in the comics is Professor X, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, Iron Man, and Namor. 2005. And and I pour out all my beer for them because they all dead. <laughs> I like the changes they made in that movie. Yes. Um, I thought they were appropriately done, especially like the Captain Marvel reference that a lot of people are like, who is that? Oh, no, that's, you know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> Monica. Come on. Yes, yeah, Monica Rambeau. So, no, I, I, I just what hope, is? No, I hope we see those characters again, especially, well, you know who I'm talking about. We'll get there. We will. And I think that if they, if they know what they're doing and they seem to, for the most part, they will. Yeah. So this brings us to Strange Academy number one. Uh, it came out in 2020, and now you shared a very, I'm going to use the word cute now, story. Yeah. I loved it. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take it over for this, this title? <laughs> so I'll start from the very beginning. Um, I, my, my daughter, I've gotten her into comics starting at the, around the age of seven, reading the age-appropriate stuff. And it's hard to find um, age-appropriate comic book stuff because it is all geared towards the adult readers. So you have to be very, very careful as to what you allow your kids, you know, to read. And, you know, my parents didn't do a good job of that when I'm reading Frank Miller's Daredevil. And just knowing that, I, I know that I am careful with what my daughter, you know, what she does read. So with that being said, I got her the first trade, which was one to six of Strange Academy. And she read that book in two freaking days. I remember she read that trade for six issues in like two days. She's like, Dad, this is great. Then she went ahead and she's she wanted all the issues. So she's been reading them all through. So fast forward to today. I'm doing the show tonight with you and she is staying with her mom. Uh, Her mom and I split time. 
Um, so she's with her mom tonight. Right. And, uh, she calls me and I'm telling her that, you know, Hey, I got your moon girl and miles Morales. Uh, number one came in today and it's on your dresser. And she's like, dad, wait, did you, did you start your Dr. Strange episode yet? And I'm like, no, she goes, well, we were supposed to go over it. And I was like, yeah, cause I don't <laughs> read Dr. Strange. So she's, she's reading strange Academy. So she's like, we're going to we were supposed to talk about this. So I 10 minutes till our show started. So I said, well, I got about 10 minutes and she goes, I could run it down in 10 minutes. And she out of her own like I didn't prompt this out of her own remembering that we were doing the show tonight, thought that the Strange Academy, she needed to run me down on Strange Academy. And I think that that's just the greatest thing ever. She absolutely loves these books. And it's just such a great idea that Dr. Strange creates a school for young magic users. And the notable characters are Darmamu's son. Um, notable professors are the Scarlet Witch. So Wanda is one of the professors. And a teaching assistant is Wolverine. He's one of, one of the teaching assistants. He makes a, a brief cameo and she had let me know that there is uh there are multiple cameos from multiple well-known marvel um entities are are there hellstrom is there at one point um but she loves these books um she i i asked her how how heavily is dr strange actually involved and she's like well he's kind of in the first book to kind of introduce things but he doesn't really He's not really in the books. That's correct. Um, because in the long run here, during that time, what they're setting up is the, you know, the, the death of Dr. Strange. So yeah. they're, they're like shaping that whole universe at that point, I believe. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't read Dr. Strange currently. I should. Yeah. That sounds kind of cool. Um, let me ask you a question. Is Strange Academy, is it like Hogwarts, but cooler? Uh, yeah, I would say that's kind of the vibe I got from it, looking at the artwork and like looking at all of it. But like a lot of people die a lot. <laughs> like she's very, very clear on like she's like, Daddy, a lot of people die. <laughs> in so the, it's still in an adult books. title in a way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's teen. It's rated yeah, yeah, teen. teen, right? Young adult. Um, yeah. And she's 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 nine. Yeah. So and she's got a very, very high reading level already as it is, which I'm extremely proud of. And I loved we'll go on a little comic book tangent here. Her teacher was like, Hey, she reads at a really, really high level. What does she read at home? Does she like read? And immediately I felt like her mom's like looking right at me, like, you know, and I was like, yeah, she reads a lot of comic books, like a lot of comic books for, for her age. Like she takes in like, that's her, that's what she wants to read is comics she has other books but she wants to read comics so i try and get her as many as i can and the teacher's like no that's great that's absolutely great yeah man they said they i mean graphic novels are so popular um at book fairs it just it's become a respected medium thankfully uh because i'm sorry i work in a school and i know not all children are on the same reading level mm -hmm. you know and it's like we like uh, I don't want to get too crazy about it, but we, 
we do fail our kids when it comes to um, proper instruction and stuff yeah. um, across the board. So I think that having different mediums of reading is important and poo-pooing something because it's pulp or whatever you want to class it as, um, please come on. No, absolutely. And I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, that her teacher is like, it gets her excited about reading and she's reading it and she's absorbing it. You know, she's read through strange Academy for what's available right now for her probably four or five times over already. Wow. That's awesome. And she'll just tell me, dad, I'm, I'm running through strange Academy again. Um, you know, and she reads moon girl and, you know, she's, I got the new moon girl, Sp- uh, Spider-Man, the Miles Morales, Spider-Man. There's a moon girl, moon Knight that's coming out that she wants moon girl um, and moon Knight. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one. <laughs> it is. But again, it's geared. It's a little above her age level, but I'm okay with it. This is my big thing. And like, it, listen up casuals. If you're a parent, okay. The, the big thing in comics you need to watch for for your kids is sexual content and extreme gore. So you want to stay away from Harley Quinn and you want to stay away from spawn. Like those are like, and and of course, obviously there's a lot more, especially in DC. DC is really not kid friendly. Uh, Marvel is going to be far more towards the kid friendly, but you still have to look at the, at the ratings and keep it to teen. If, if your kid is in my daughter's age range, which is like the eight to 10, um, I suggest that just watch for the sexual content and the extreme gore. I think it's important to realize also as a parent that things have changed as far as the availability of different levels of reading and comics. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, graphic novels are being put out by the big two for that age and different mm-hmm. age groups, uh, which is a lot different than when we were kids. Yeah. They had kids stuff, but it wasn't as like media and pop culture were just starting to really launch in the eighties and like got crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, we've gotten control of it and we know what we're doing and it's, it's, we're finally doing something for everybody. Um, And I think that's important to realize like, yeah, DC is accessible. Not as much as it, I mean, way more than it used to be. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I love that because I felt as a kid, I couldn't get into these characters. A lot of them because it was written for adults. No, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of it that it's just like went over my head and then I reread it as an adult and I was like, oh, okay. So this is really messed up. Um, But, but like, you know, it's, it's crazy to me and, and I'm having her read DC pride. um, But I did a post-it note and I said, anything with the post-it note you can read, please do not read what is not post-it noted because there's some strong language. Um, and some of them, um, especially the really personal story on our last on our last episode that you should have already listened to by now, the Batman. Um, we we discussed this. There's a very personal Kevin Conroy written comic, and due to strong language, I'm not really ready for her to listen to read that. But when she's a little older, she will be reading it. It's very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway. Uh, Let's continue with this road to the death of Dr. Strange and what, what is set up currently in the books. Uh, so death of Dr. Strange was a, uh, a mini series that ran starting in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in not, number five, um, he passes the mantle of social Supreme to Clea. And that's, you know, where we end up with strange number one in 2022, where the series now follows Clea as a source of Supreme. 
sorceress supreme sorcerer supreme i don't know what you want to call them these days so well no it's important to know that of course i mean sorcerer supreme sorcerer supreme whatever um but yeah i mean so dr strange is dead um but you know it's comic books it's marvel give me a couple years and he'll be alive again somehow and of course this is so conveniently set up to also fit in with the debut of charlie's theron's clea in dr strange 2 during the mid-credit scene how yeah. convenient so convenient i couldn't believe it i saw charlie's theron and i'm like where why is she here that's what slapped yeah. me in the face and i was like who is that and i'm not that familiar with dr strange um you know I, i'm i was more familiar with the illuminati than i was dr strange in that movie um you know being the fantastic four and the x-men and you know even black bolt not that i knew much about black i like i knew who he was but the inhumans you know aren't big on my radar either yeah i mean humans is great stuff uh the show was not great um it wasn't i guess i had really low expectations when i watched it because i was like ah it's not as bad as everybody says it's not good though um but the same actor anson mount uh yep plays the plays the role in the movie and he's the actual the captain pike in the new star mm-hmm. trek show that i love a lot and that guy's great he's a great actor and he's just a great human um i i saw a lot of his social media mm-hmm. when people were just poo-pooing reva on the new obi-wan and how he like jumped to her just to get her back on social media you know it's silly but at the same time it's not no it's it's what needed to happen before and I'm glad that it's finally happening that even, you know, Disney's even like stop this shit. So, yeah, I love it. Finally. I love it. Finally. I like him. Guess... he's a good human. Yes, exactly. So what do you think? Let's go to commercial. We'll come yeah. back. We'll talk all about the live action cartoon appearances and more of Doctor Strange. I love it. Defet Comics is the publishing branch of DontForgetATowel.com the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Welcome back, casuals. This is Rocco. This is Chris. And we are here talking about Everyone's favorite sorcerer, Doctor Strange. Um, if you were listening to the first half of the show, we broke down all the comics and the key issues for his uh, accomplices and his villains and all of the in-between. And now we're back to talk about the other media. Now, something that I found very interesting, Chris, okay, is you sent me these links. And one of the links was the true first appearance of Doctor Strange in live action. And it was actually it was. part of, it's crazy. It was part of a Hanna Barbera like show that was live action. And like you I think you said it best. We've all seen this weird what was it, like 1960s or 1980s? Yes. Yeah, I 1978. 1978. Okay, so in between. Yeah. Um this picture of Doctor Strange that was super weird super old school and i didn't know where it came from and bam this is where it came from yeah it's kind of like when i shared that black widow and daredevil show with you like these yes. things that like how did that 
why aren't these things more prevalent in, in our in our pop culture zeitgeist? Like, why can't I watch that? Or I'm gonna have to go see if I can find this Hanna Barbera thing somewhere. Um, but it's it's crazy, right? So 1978. Um, I don't even I can't even really like say anything else about it besides they were trying to do things with comic books during that time as it got in the eighties and all of a sudden things went wrong, which is really sad. Um, as we kind of look towards like the mid eighties when, when the companies were going bankrupt and comics were going bankrupt. Um, I want to say like they were doing things almost like how a lot of things that were showing up then are paralleled in a certain way to what's showing up now that they were, really trying to bring these things to live action and expose it to the, the general public. Yeah. And I mean, they failed miserably because a lot of it was just too campy. Um, but it's sad that they, that that's what happened, but I know that you have a list of appearances, Chris. I do. Uh, there's a few things I want to mention, uh, like the Dr. Strange uh, animated movie. I think it's called Dr. Strange, the source of Supreme. Marvel was doing these animated movies, I think in the early 2000s, uh, right around the time that those before the MCU mm-hmm. uh, really got its stride going. And they were great. There was like an Iron Man, this um, Hulk versus Thor, Hulk versus Wolverine, things yeah, like that. that. It's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and so that that was one of them. This was probably one of my favorites uh, from it. And and if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um the other thing was you mentioned Spider-Man the Animated Series earlier. Yeah. He also would show up in the Incredible Hulk show. Okay. Uh, which, you know, it makes sense uh, seeing that those characters had a lot of history together as well. Uh, there was a Hulk Where Monsters Dwell uh, cartoon, which was a little bit more of a uh, aimed towards a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And if you want something, you know, to watch with your kids, that it was like a Halloween special type thing. I want, I expected more out of it, like a little more mature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it ended up being you know, for kids, uh, which is fine if they want, whatever they want to market it to. But if you're bringing me Hulk and monsters, then um, please give me an adult version as well. And then I would say the other thing to mention is what if, and what if has a lot of um, influences into uh, what we saw in Dr. Strange too. And I think that, you know, what they did with that movie, taking those characters and taking them out of the animated show, which could have just existed on its own. What if, Instead, they went full into the multiverse and really gave us some great Easter eggs. Oh, absolutely. And I think what was great was we started with what if and what if I I, I felt was kind of loose. You know, it started with just some loose stories. And then Doctor Strange more and more became the centerpiece of what if. And that's to me when the show got really good. Um, is when they started to build around um, Doctor Strange. And and I think that there is a parallel we can draw. And I think that, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, agree or disagree, I still think I'm right, is that it looks like the MCU, just like they built around Iron Man, are now building around him. He is the new centerpiece. And you know what? I'm here for it. You're absolutely right. Um, he... He was brought in to replace Robert Downey Jr. as that character. Uh, and he's and he's a perfect way to do it without cloning the idea of, of Iron Man. Uh, this guy was great with the machines. He was basically a sorcerer of 
mechanics um, yeah. in his own right. Here we have somebody who's got the same kind of um, snarkiness. Uh, he ego, ego exactly, um, and he's a master of his own domain as well. So, um, I think that's a really, really good parallel to draw, and I think it's important as we move into this this phase because we see him taking a leadership role. Um, and the fact that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme anymore is a big deal as well in that regard. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, if we can kind of start dipping into the movies here. Let's do it. You know, you had Doctor Strange is woven into this tapestry the same way Iron Man was. We've got, first of all, we got the first Doctor Strange movie, which gives us his, his introduction, which I thought was fantastic. Um, Rachel McAdams is a freaking gift to this world. Yes. I'm sorry. I skipped this one. I wanted, I put this into the oh, notes earlier. Oh no, please. This is an important one. Um, because I totally forgot about this. Uh, yes. she, her character, Christine Palmer first appeared in 1972 in the night nurse. Number one, she is the night nurse. Number three, uh, in the comics oh. in the MCU. If you accept the defender saga, that is um, Rosario Dawson's character is the night nurse. Um, oh, so she, so that is, I don't know if she was the first or second one that was, she was supposed to be, but Christine Palmer was originally one of the night nurses. Wow. And okay. For you casuals out there, there were, there were certain people out there who helped uh, superheroes when they were injured uh, and whatnot uh, on the side, you know, so that they weren't discover their identities and whatnot. So, um, very interesting uh, kind of thing to throw in there. Well, I like that they made Christine Palmer uh, a doctor and a surgeon um, at that. They kind of adapted that so it's not falling into the typical female trope of you're a nurse and your job is, you know, to make sure that the superheroes nurse back to health. I mean, and she's and, drawn like a naughty nurse, you know, in the comics, of course. It's, of, of course, because, you know. because of course. But um, no, I, I love the first Doctor Strange film. I love that movie. Um, and then from there, I feels like he exploded. Um, we had him in Thor Ragnarok in the beginning, um, which was just the whole thing was a wonderful scene. I loved the whole thing with Loki. I have been falling for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And then like he whisks them away and they're gods. And just what he was doing to Thor with the, the continuous changing of the rooms. That was just great. So you have him in Ragnarok. Don't forget then, to mention that beer. Because yes, the beer. The bottom was filling it. Giant stein of beer. Man, that would be my that would be my day. Just yeah, is what dreams are made of, man. Right. Exactly. It was Sorry, great. No, no, please. <laughs> um, and then and then we had um obviously the Avengers saga. Um, we had Infinity War um, where, you know, he and Tony really butted heads. You know, I don't know how you fit your head in that helmet. Um, and I, I love that. I want to mention the beginning of Infinity War uh, because there's a parallel to the comics uh, with with the way that they did that. And the way that Bruce Banner comes in through the um, Saint, the Sanctorum, uh, the Silver Surfer does that. Uh, in the comics so they do these scenes where um they borrow you know and yeah. i think that's a really great thing to do uh because 
longtime comic fans recognize these things, but then it's also, you know, the MCU putting their own stamp on it. Absolutely. And there's definitely a scene in the multiverse of madness. I want to bring up on that same topic. Um, the exact same topic actually, but um, you know, we have him woven into infinity war and then eventually end game. And then in end game, we got the true baton pass because Tony Stark dies, sacrificing himself to save the entire earth. And then, you know, we've got what Spider-Man uh, no way home. You know, he's a main character in Spider-Man no way home. Um, and then we have the multiverse of madness, which no way Home's second credit scene was the trailer to the multiverse of madness. Yes. And, um, here we are with the multiverse of madness, which just came out, dropped on Disney plus today. Coincidentally, we didn't set it up that way. I did. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. I just second time. Something like that has happened for this show. Right. Weird, weird stuff. It is weird. I, um, I went to Disney plus to watch Obi-Wan this morning. That's what I was doing. And bam, multiverse of madness is up. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to watch you just hang on a minute. We're going to watch it. Cause I went to the theater for it. You know what? It was a great freaking movie. It was a great movie. Oh, I yeah. loved it. It was so layered. It was so great. But you said that they, they, they borrow from comic book panels, but they make it MCU ish. Um, there is a panel that I saw where it's the exact same shot of Dr. Strange waking up from a nightmare, which is what we see at the beginning of the multiverse of madness. You, if you, if you've seen the movie, you know, the scene, he wakes up sweating and the camera pans out and you see him in the, you know, this large King size bed, no shirt on. And he's panting. Cause he just had a, had a, had a um, nightmare. Now, in the comic, it's the, it's literally shot for shot the same as the panels, except in the movie, it's missing all the naked women draped all over the bed. That that's unfortunate. I'm I'm sorry. That sounds inappropriate <laughs> for children who want to see this movie. This movie should have been, I don't know, uh, Sam Raimi. It was it. Give it, me a give me a director's cut. I'd love it. Yeah, it (laughs) it teetered on the R with the horror kind of related stuff. But again, teetered. Yeah, teetered like on a PG-13. You'd let your kids go see those PG-13 horror movies, you know, and there are a lot of PG-13 thriller horror movies are good. Um, So you can get away with a lot of stuff. And I felt like they did it justice at that rating. I would love to see a little bit more, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it's like wishing too much upon Moon Knight when you have something as good as Doctor Strange 2 and the chances they took with um, doing certain things in that movie. This is a scary movie for kids, you know, I'm sure. It is. And and the thing, too, that I like about what they do with these movies is they take a real world situation and they put a superhero in it. And I, I love the wedding at the beginning of the film. Yes. I think it was so perfect, you know. We all have an ex that we we wish well to. Uh, at least I think so. I know I have a couple um, where I just I'm just so happy that they're happy. And you know, you even go to their wedding. I've been to two of my ex's weddings, and you know, so I got that scene like when he was there, watching her get married to another guy. But he's you know he's an Avenger for for the love of all things Avengers. He was an Avenger, and I love that. 
you know, she wanted a refill on his drink and he just says, allow me. And he he moves his hand and it fills her wine glass. And it's just like, dude, you're so dope. And then, you know, we get to the balcony and there's a monster attacking the city and he just kind of flips off the balcony. Bam, with his cloak on. Bam, I'm a Doctor Strange it up. And that scene was awesome. It was awesome. I really thought that movie, A, was paced well. Yes. And B, allowed us to see, you know, a side of the the MCU that we weren't going to see probably otherwise. I keep asking, what are you going to do with Blade? You know, what are you going to do with Moon Knight? And we see. We see these things. And that's what I was just really shocked by what they did um, because of my feelings over Moon Knight um, that they they were able to actually take it a little bit farther uh, with with violence and, and scariness. Absolutely. The only pacing issue I had was I wish they spent more time on America Chavez. Um, I wanted I wanted to know more about her. I loved her introduction. I loved her banter with um, Doctor Strange. She did a show that my daughter loves, The Babysitter's Club, which is on Netflix. And that show sucks. It ju- it sucks. Like, I'm just going to say it. That show. I don't, I don't think it's for you, as I'll always say to you. As I you- don't. I don't care. What like, do you want? What do you want from it? I, I, Does what, your daughter love it? What's that movie with the red panda? What's it called? Oh, red. Seeing red. Seeing red. Is that? What I don't it know. Is? I didn't watch that movie. I don't know. Okay, that movie wasn't for me, but I understood its value. I get you. Babysitters <laughs> Club sucks. <laughs> so that's where this girl came from. <laughs> that's where this girl came from, and now cool. she's she's she was whole- wasted on that show apparently holding her own next to a Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Yeah. We're talking. This was con. We're talking. This was smog. We're talking. This is Dr. Fake Strange. Con. Oh, sure. I, Sorry. I don't really care. <laughs> Honestly, Star Trek can be listed under one thing. I just don't care about. I love the new. Shut movie. up, Rocco. You're getting, you're digging yourself a deeper hole. Now those new movies are great. I love those movies. But anyway, the fact of the matter is this is Benedict Cumberbatch. Gotcha. This girl is holding her own. She was fantastic in this movie. That's my point. This Babysitter's Club sucks, but she was amazing in this movie. She was great. I wanted more of her. I wanted to know more about her, and I want to see this actress do more with America Chavez. I want to see her in more things, and I can't wait for it. Then they did their job. Yes. Because she was actually, for a character that I was like, what is she going to do in this movie? All right. Fine, American Chavez is in this movie, but what is how is this going to work? And they made it work really well. I think everything they gave us left you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're working towards with Young Avengers, it's it's inevitable. It's it's definitely next phase. Um, if it doesn't get set up at the end of this phase, especially with now we have Miss Marvel. Which if you're not watching that, I don't know what to tell you. This is one of the most adorable television shows I've ever watched. I love her like a daughter. And if anything happens to Kamala, I will freak out. (laughs) So they've done their job. then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I protect Kamala at all costs. I I love her like she is my own offspring. Um, Where are we at in that third episode? Third episode dropped today. And guess what? It was still awesome. Awesome. Which I which I love. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait to see her in full costume. That's what I'm waiting for. And and just I oh, I love her spirit. I love her spirit. Yeah. And I love that this girl 
this girl was she was a cosplayer she's a marvel cosplayer she was a miss marvel cosplayer that was discovered she's never been in anything she has no credits to her name except for miss marvel that's awesome yeah we need i do want to i do want to be respectful to the actress who played america chavez though um yes and say her name can you say it so so chill oh man this is so rude so chill so chill social gomez sure miss gomez miss gomez if you're listening to our show you're a longtime listener i know we apologize for butchering your first name if i ever met you i would ask you how to pronounce it properly and then i would forever say it that way it's very proper of you thank you rocco for you're welcome clarifying that with the actress I don't want her to stop listening. No, I don't. I don't want that. No, but again, okay, so we go back to this film. It was a great movie. And then we we open on the Illuminati. We have, um, you know, who we got here? We've got. So we have Monica Rambeau, who, if you were watching, uh, if you watched Captain Marvel and WandaVision, uh, you know that um, her name, the actress name is Lashana Lynch. Yep. And she plays Captain Marvel in this version of, or this Earth, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, but she was the mother of Photon. I, I'm, I can't remember. From WandaVision. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Anson Mount as Black Bolt. Yep. We have Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. Pulled right out of that What If cartoon. Ah. Awesome. Amazing. Um, and then John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Oh. And of course, Professor X himself, um, Patrick, Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Now, for those of you that know me personally, that listen to the show, you know that I am a Krasinski fan. I love his directing. I love his acting. Um, I loved The Office. I'm a huge Office fan. Um, I know you know the whole Captain America story with him, right? Yep. Yeah. So casuals. For those of you that don't know, John Krasinski was actually the first choice for Captain America. He showed up to the audition and Chris Hemsworth was there as well as Chris Evans. He saw Chris Hemsworth's body and was like, yeah, dude, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not doing any of that. And this wasn't even like Chris Hemsworth five years ago. This is Chris Hemsworth eight years ago, maybe. Before more, he became even that. Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? Like that dude has he's doubled in size every movie. Easily. 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 So oh, he's God. so John Krasinski saw that, and that's why I feel like I connect with him so much because that would have been me. Like I would look I'd be like, Yeah, I'm not <laughs> walk off set. We're not doing that. So out of here. <laughs> but but there was this been this talk for years now, and you know this for years that John Krasinski is going to uh, apprise the role of should um, be not should be. will it was, this is fan demanded. This is interesting. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. No, because this is the same do. thing with, this is the same thing with Patrick Stewart. I'm going back to wizard world magazine. Wizard magazine would do the casting calls, casting call for X-Men. It's always been Patrick Stewart fan choice. He became professor X. John Krasinski was picked to be, be in this role even if he hasn't signed for Mr. Fantastic for the movie yet, he was picked for this role because the fans wanted it. And that's amazing. Yes. And honestly, he played it so well. Yes. Even for the brief moment before Wanda turned him into grated cheese, 
<laughs> um, or I'm sorry, shredded cheese before she turned him into shredded cheese. Um, and that line do, do your children, do you have children? Yes. Do they have a mother? Yes. Good. Then I'm only taking one of you away or something along those lines, yeah. but still like, bam, Wanda, Jesus. Uh, I was in the theater and I literally said out loud, Jesus, when she said that, because I was like, she's going to murder him. That's what's going to happen right now. And she does. Um, spoiler alert. But yeah. um, I like Black Bull. <laughs> yeah, Black Bull. Like Peter Rich is so smart, but he's like, one word for Black Bull's mouth will destroy you, Wanda. Oh, thank you. I, I love that one meme where it's like, he, sh- he should have said, <laughs> yeah. Wanda. Listen to Black Bolt. He's going to tell you how to get your kids back. <laughs> obviously, obviously not the smartest man in the MCU. So. No, no, not at all. But again, <laughs> it, it would be stupid of them if they did Fantastic Four, which we know is a film that's coming, and he's not in it. And you know what? If Emily Blunt wants to be the Invisible Woman, I'm not against that either. She's a great actress. That's all I want. I just want, if, if it's going to be anybody with him... That's what I'd like to see. I think that the chemistry there would be perfect. She is a great actress, as you just stated. And, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, you're going to change up Marvel's first family. They just stated you're the team from the 60s, right? How would that, how's that going to look? With a Fantastic Four movie set in the 60s? Mm. Let's do that. Okay, I'm ready for that. If, uh, yeah. You know, I you never know. know. Or they come back. You know, that's how they come back because they've been in this time warp or whatever, you know, they're time traveling. Or it's just another universe, it's just a different universe. It's right, the, whatever you want to do. Yeah, the multiverse. Right. Exactly. I'm I'm gonna say this though. Uh, Johnny Storm, I think Zach Efron has has earned the chops to play. How old Johnny's, is he now? He's in his thirties. He's probably my age, mid thirties. Yeah, I can, can see Zach Efron as Johnny Storm. Um, I saw some fan art and I, I fell in love with it. And then I saw him in that, um, in that movie where he played, um, that serial killer. I know I'm being very vague right now, but he, yes, I don't know what you're talking about. I wish he, I did. He nailed it. <laughs> like he, he nailed, it was like sick. It was, I think it was called like sick and twisted something along up. those lines. Either way, um, Zach Efron played the serial killer and I believed it and it was scary and cool. I think that since then he's proven his acting chops and I would really love to see him as Johnny Storm. Plus, after seeing him in the movie, The Neighbors uh, versus Seth Rogen, if you ever if you've never seen Neighbors, I do need to see that still. OK, oh, man, that was good. And Baywatch. Baywatch oh, the Dwayne Johnson one with The Rock. Oh, yeah, I need to my watch God, that too. dude, I haven't laughed that hard in so long. It, it did not take Baywatch. The sh- it doesn't it's not serious. Well, it's like 21 it. Jump Street movie, right? Yes. And yeah, like Efron is the new, he's the new lifeguard. Okay. And the insults that Dwayne Johnson throws at him make me laugh so, so hard on the insults. Just the way he treats him like an infantile child <laughs> is hysterical. But anyway, Human Torch, listen, Marvel, yes, do this. But you anyway. Know, we're, we're, no, no, it would work, though, because... If you're looking at not casting younger actors, you know, in these roles, you know, you're going to put Krasinski and and um, no, um, Blunt in the in those two roles. Say, why not? I mean, holds Emily Blunt, Zach Efron's age. 
he could pass Ish. us her twin. He could pass us her twin. Yeah, if they had the yeah, whatever they need to do. If they're out, if they're even within like five to ten years, it still works. Absolutely. The question would be Ben Grimm. Just bring back Michael Chiklis. No. See, no, but like that that's I, fine with me. I love that dude. I thought he was a great thing. Now we're on a Look, Fantastic Four episode. I'm sorry, but fan I mean, casting. you, ha- you no, have, you to. have to do it. You have to. I, I would say it's, it would be fine to do it because of the age as well. It's just like, it doesn't matter. He could be like his older quote unquote brother, you know, not brother, but brother, you know? So who knows, man, I would love to see something like that. I would love to see some weird multiverse where Chris Evans comes back as Johnny Storm, you know, um, just to do it in the MCU, just to play with that weird reference. Um, and he's willing to do it. You know what I mean? So I digress. It's, it's true. I did like those first two films. The, the, yeah, I don't mind them. I think they're fun. That reboot with Miles Teller. I hate that movie. I don't understand what was happening there. Why did you do I that? It must be dark. Marvel's, Marvel's first family is not dark. But you can do it dark. You just need to do it correctly. And it wasn't done correctly. It was stupid. It was freaking stupid. It was a stupid movie. You don't do it dark. It's it doesn't work. You what can I'm do saying a, is, you can do a serious storyline, but not the, the filming was dark. The story was blase. It was just it was terrible. Well, that's so. the point. The story was stupid. It was a stupid yeah. story. Yeah. Um. And Kate Mara, I just didn't believe her as the Invisible Woman at all. I, no. I didn't. Michael B. Jordan is yeah. uh, is is destined for far better roles than he was given as Johnny Storm. Jiminy yeah. Crickets. That man is an accomplished actor. And as Killmonger, he was amazing. So that's what I remember him as. Yeah, if they don't do that black Superman, I'm gonna be really disappointed. So. They really should. They really should. Anyway. Anyway. What, what show was this? I forgot already. Fantastic I don't know. Four. I think. Oh yeah, Doctor Strange. That's right. <laughs> we well, will do a Fantastic Four episode soon. Um, we had Ultron. We had Ultron in this film. We did. We did, which was interesting the way they did it um, as servants. Uh, I guess it's a nice nod to the fact that Tony Stark was not part of it. It's weird to me that they didn't take the opportunity to put Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Um, I think or that would have been one. Of, Tom Cruise would have been a really interesting one. I would be like, this is great. Um, I love Tom Cruise. But at the same time, what a, it would have been nice to put Robert Downey Jr. back into something. Um, and this would have been that opportunity. But then he would have been like, I guess, obligated to do it down the road more if they reintroduced the Illuminati somewhere else. That's true. That's why I thought Tom Cruise would have been good as Superior yeah. Iron Man. Agreed. Um, that would have been a different take on Iron Man, more of a dictator, the kind of a benevolent dictator, but really not so benevolent. Um, Jumps which, on couches. Y- sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I would have been fine with that, but what, I mean, whatever. Does his own stunts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I did like though that the, that the Ultron, they were used as guards, the Ultron robots, because I remember um, I, what cartoon, what, what animated film or show it was, they, it was the raft and the raft, which was a prison for enhanced individuals um, was completely guarded by Ultron robots. And that kind of, it brought me there. Like it brought okay. me to, to that, like, okay, this is like the raft 
the Ultron robots are like the guards, and I'm down. I'm here. That's I'm cool. down. I don't remember that. What animated? I feel like it was one of the Avengers animated shows. It had to be something newer, right? It was like newer, like early 2000s newer earth's mightiest heroes it might have been something like that yes it was like a portal and the portal took them to the raft and then when they were in the raft which is in the middle of the ocean there was it was all ultron robots that guarded the entire thing yeah that was that that was a great nod to iron man uh just to see that i think as i said yeah the illuminati showing up this movie was a really interesting injection i'll put it (laughs) um yeah what a what a weird thing to do right i mean why why the illuminati versus something like maybe the defenders you know where um you could have been like oh this dr strange was part of this team but we had to have baron mordo you know join because dr strange went rogue and died or whatever and got killed or whatever so why why the illuminati why like give patrick stewart that crossover like another role in, in a marvel movie i thought that was amazing mm-hmm. but i just you know i know dr strange is part of the illuminati but does this set up more for this team down the line or is this just a random easter egg i think it could be viewed as either i think that uh, what's her name is captain carter haley yeah well at well i think this opens up more for her as it should first of all my dear god Haley Atwell, Jack. Maybe that's why Tom Cruise wasn't in this movie. <laughs> I just remember just looking at her and I just looking at her during What If? Man, oh man. Mm. Anyway. Um, Did you watch I, that TV show? That was one of my favorite shows. Which which one? The Agent Carter show. I did not watch that. Oh, like, that's a great show. But I need to see Haley Atwell jacked. Like, uh, you know, just Captain Carter jacked. I'm just into it, man. I'm so into Good. it. But anyway, Good. anyway, I digress from the weirdness that I'm displaying right now. I, I think that we'll see more of her. I think we'll see more of Krasinski. I think that we're going to see, I, I don't think we're going to see much more of Patrick Stewart. Maybe we will. Um, but I, I think that, I think Patrick Stewart and Anson, what's Anson? Mount. Mount. I think they were there for the Easter eggs. And oh, that's yeah. that's fine. I'm okay with that. I think Krasinski and and Haley were there as kind of like backdoor character pilots. Yeah. I mean, if they go more into the cosmic side of the MCU with more Guardian stuff, but this is the last movie in the trilogy, will they do more stuff after this? Who knows? Sure. And humans could find a place there. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really screwed all that up anyways by, you know, Marvel not wanting or they were moving away from the whole mutant stamp because Fox owned X-Men. Yeah. Um, and so they were basically blacklisting the whole thing and they did stupid decisions instead of whatever. Um, so we will eventually get mutants in the MCU. Yes. I wonder how they'll treat in humans uh, down the road because we know there's Kree through Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and things like that. So, and the fact that they changed Ms. Marvel's powers um, in the show. Now I've watched the newest episode, so I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but you know, uh, spoiler alert, they do kind of tweak it. They do. They do. They still have their big ass fist. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. Um, but they changed her powers regardless though. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for Kamala Khan. I'm really, really digging Miss Marvel. And if you're not watching it, you're doing it to deserve it. You're doing yourself a disservice. And if you don't like it, I don't, I don't know where you're from and, and who hurt you. 
Let me ask you about something that people didn't like about Doctor Strange too. What did you think about Wanda's arc? People were like bothered by it. Um, I don't know I if it's the normal internet voices, um, the normal banter that happens online, but what did you think of that? The Scarlet Witch wasn't always good. So I was glad to see her in full Sam Raimi terrifyingness, that scene where she was ripping through the walls as they were trying to escape after she had just systematically murdered the Illuminati in very graphic ways. That is the Scarlet Witch. And I think that the major payoff to that character for me was how creatively they made her the monster to her children in the other universes. They had to make her a monster. She was irredeemable after what she had done. And the, the thing that did redeem her was her own understanding that she had become the monster. Yeah. And I think that that was her only way she could redeem herself is by truly internalizing the fact that she had become the very thing she wanted to protect her children against. Yeah. I, I don't understand where people didn't understand, like didn't see where this storyline was going or they saw what they wanted to see. Maybe she was um, the hero. She was the hero. Yeah. And if you, if you are mad, well, they villainized her. No, watch the last five minutes of the goddamn movie. Like where, she understands, okay, I'm the villain and this is what I have to do now. Well, I mean, it goes back to the fact that people don't want to talk about trauma and the fact that what she went through as a child, like it's all spelled out in Age of Ultron as well. She was a villain in that movie. Yes, they redeem themselves. She joins the Avengers and then she kills a bunch of people by misusing her powers, which immediately puts a spotlight on her and that she's a problem as her powers continue to increase and you know she's one of the most powerful characters in the marvel comics period we're working towards that her what she goes through in wandavision is not resolved in a good way you what did you think there was like a like a family-friendly show that just wrapped up with a friendly ending no it shows at the end she's reading the dark hold in yes. a cabin isolated if you don't read into this stuff and then you go and complain about a movie that I believe treated the character properly. Perfectly. I perfectly. don't understand what your arguments are besides writing like stupid editorials online. I like you go into like this whole thing where, because they're using her mother as being a mother against her or something like that. I, I thought the strength of understanding, like she wanted something so much mm -hmm. that she allowed her own obsession to blind her and scare her children that it, like you said in the end she was able to actually recognize that and come full circle she didn't kill herself at the end she's gonna be back sure. you know it's just like i don't know what people want from storytelling they just uh, it, when it makes sense when it's actually done well i i don't know i get frustrated with those kind of things no i i, I agree with you i think that the story i think that they ended it the only way they could have ended it after what she did, you're not going to sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya and call her the hero. She's not. She did a lot of terrible, terrible things, but we look at the reason why. 
because she wanted the reality where her sons existed so, 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 so badly. But at the end of the day, what she realized was she became a monster in order to achieve that goal. When she found herself in other universes as just a normal person, being her a mother to these children, there needs to be a satisfaction there. And I think that she realized that at the end and she became that monster. And then in her eye, she offed herself. It, do I really think she's dead? No, but I will say this and I will stand by this and listen up casuals. Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda Maximoff is the absolute greatest written character in the entire MCU period. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I want to mention something about her kids because they were never real. Yeah. So this has always been in her mind where she, her, her mental state continues to break down. And I don't think a lot of people understand how that kind of stuff works. Um, when you allow your own obsessions to kind of eat at you uh, and, and, and control traumas. your psyche and traumas. Exactly. And that's where, it, that's where it all came from. And it's like when people can't relate to that, I think that's the things people have a tough time with and her trauma is extremely real and marvel did a good job with that in the movies in the show you know showing the innocence that they that her and her brother had before you know they were bombed um and we know what you know the story that follows but it's i think that people want this like generic map out um and you get that with some marvel stuff which is sure. disappointing but here we have some, you know, movie that really delved into a new side of the MCU that we we appreciate maybe more than others because it is horror based um, and a little bit more adult. But the storytelling is still top notch, and if you don't grasp that, I don't know really how else to help you. Yeah, I would say this. I would venture to say that this is one of the best Marvel movies I've seen based upon <laughs> how it was written. It was extremely well written. Wanda was a central piece, if not the central piece of the film, even though it was a Doctor Strange movie. She is the central portion of this film. Her story arc has come full circle from that little girl from Age of Ultron. Heck, even Winter Soldier, the end credits when she's in the cell and her brother Quicksilver is in the other cell and they're like using their powers for the first time. And then we really get to explore her trauma on a granular scale within wandavision which to this day i think is the best marvel show i know it was the first one i don't care i've never seen anything like that i remember crying so hard at the end of that show that was so was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful and i love wanda i i love her i'm i love her and i am so sad for her at the same time and i think that it really touches a lot of us on a human level and I think that they were able to capture that in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, by the way, M-O-M, um, which I think that, and it came out Mother's Day weekend. Um, so I really think that there are so many parallels to that, and what a mother will do for her children until she realizes that she is the monster. And I think that that is so important in this story. And I loved it. Yes. Yes. And that's, and that's the, you know, to go back to Dr. Strange, this movie isn't exactly about Dr. Strange. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we get is kind of his relationship with Christine and his acceptance that, you know, that he still loves her, 
but she may never love him back. At I've least he was able every, to like in every universe. Right, exactly. And it's like at least he got that closure with her with that other one. Um, and I I felt that that was a really good way to do it. Uh, I think that her role in this movie was a lot better. I like Rachel McAdams a lot, and I I felt like her role in the first one was not as you know important. So mm-hmm. glad to see her come back. Uh, I do want to talk about the evil Doctor Strange at the end of the movie, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which is pulled right from What If. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch, you know how that all comes together, uh, and you have those worlds crashing together. Uh, that is well represented in the movie, and the fact that we get that Strange as a final like face off at the end with Doctor Strange, I thought that was great. I I just the tie in What If and the multiverse that they were of course setting up here um solid solid storytelling i agree and i don't think that any other actor besides benedict cumberbatch could pull that off and make it believable um i believe that he was an evil doctor strange and the 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 just the the vision like the visuals on that house on the sanctum sanctorum in that universe that he was in up those stairs wild just visually just bam i like i did like that he was he did the voice in what if uh which i think is an important transition as well yes. into this which makes it more oops makes it more believable that world i mean it's like a trip you know to watch what they did in the first first movie and this um uh, with a lot of the uh the magic stuff and um the visuals which I actually saw Doctor Strange in 3D, uh, Doctor Strange 2. I probably saw Doctor Strange 1 in 3D back then, uh-huh. but I was still surprised they show 3D movies. So I was like, I'm going to go see it. And I, the first time I saw it was in 3D, and I, it was really neat, especially that, like you mentioned at the end, the music fight's kind of, people say it's a little goofy, but it's really neat in 3D. I believe it. I thought it was a little weird, but I, it didn't ruin the movie for me at all. People will no. hinge, they'll hinge on one thing, that ruined the movie for me. Well, dude, I'm sorry that your life sucks. But uh, yeah, but don't I, tell I, me like Danny Elfman ruined the movie for you doing neat music in a fucking Sam Raimi movie. Go fuck yeah, yourself. yeah. I mean, it's Danny Elfman. First of all, show a little bit of respect. Exactly. exactly. Okay, calm down. Slow your roll. It's Danny Elfman for Christ's sake. Okay, calm down. All right. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't Randy Newman for Christ's sake. Um, but anyway, um, you know, it was Danny Elfman. Um, that was that scene a little goofy. Yes. Did it ruin the movie? Absolutely not. Um, I didn't see it in 3D because it gives my wife headaches. Mm, mine too. So. I saw it by myself. And yeah. then we went to see it the next day. There you go. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. Um, I, I'm i excited. Um, I'll tell you a funny thing about that mid-credits scene. We talked about it, sure, at least their own. I was kind of shocked by it. I didn't even, I, I recognized her, but I was like so like set back by it because usually I... I've I've been ruined on a lot of things because of my internet prowlness and, and running a website. So I was like, I know this person and I couldn't put one and one together. Um and then I was like, I was like, it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, I was like, oh shoot, it's Charlize Theron. And so, it's funny, opposite. I was like, that's Charlize Theron. <laughs> who the hell is that though? <laughs> like, who is she playing? Uh, so I, I'm really excited to see where they take this uh, that that they've given her a role in this universe it's great it's I'm great. looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it but I, I don't know Chris what do you think is that everything we got on Doctor Strange I think that's a wrap my friend and I love it 
not to mention on the show, but on the season. Absolutely. I've had a great time. I want to thank everyone that's listened again, please. We're on Facebook. Listen up casuals, like follow, share, send us your firstborn, whatever it is you got to do, just do it. Um, but we appreciate you and we thank you very much for listening. We do. And we're looking forward to season three, uh, which should drop in the fall. We'll keep you updated on the social medias. So that's, that's important to follow please. And uh, you know, send us some suggestions. You know, if you want to hear about a certain character uh, in one of the seasons, who's your favorite? How do you like our episodes so far? Uh, we just finished this second season. So if you haven't listened to season one, go back and check it out. We love doing this show. And like I said, um, and there's plenty of other shows to listen to on the DFAT Entertainment Network. Yes. Always listen to all the shows on DFAT Entertainment. We've got your, your towel light talk. That's you with you and Casey, if I'm correct. Yep. The um, Geekly News. The Geekly News. We've got uh, the Critical Mass podcast. Myself and my co-host, Dan, will be. Um, we actually got an episode cooking up soon. Um, well, that's very exciting. We've got Star Warriors podcast as well as the Star Warriors podcast, Marvel Comics with myself and Chris. Make sure you're checking that out. And just honestly, if it's on Defense Entertainment, it's going to be good. Just do it and empty your wallet. <laughs> that's right. I'm so the poor, my friend. That's right. Uh, anyways, you know, it's it's been a great season. Uh, we, we learned a lot this, you know, throughout uh, the different characters we talked about. And we hope you did too. We'll be looking to maybe revamp some things for season three maybe have another guest or two and talk about your favorite characters along with ours. So this is Chris signing off. And this is Rocco support your local comic shop. 